Hey everyone, and Happy New Year's Eve! Or maybe you're listening to it and it's already 2021, and in that case I am so happy we made it. This is the last long episode of Speak Queerly that you will hear for a bit, but honestly I cannot dream of a better episode or conversation. On this week's episode I chat with Beeman, who went to the same high school as I did and now lives in Philly with their wife and two children and is an educator for students with autism. Beams has always been a role model for me in sports, and having this opportunity to sit down and unpack such real experiences is something I will never forget, so Beeman, thank you so much. The topics we discuss include coming out as trans, starting the physical transformation, substance use, mental health, and dealing with guilt and shame. This is a long episode, but I have already listened to it twice myself, and there is just so much great content packed into it. Please enjoy, maybe even crack a seltzer water or two, and get lost with us in this dialogue. Much love, my friends, and Happy New Year. Welcome. Could you introduce yourself with your name and pronouns? Yes. Hi. Um, well, my preferred name right now is Beams or Beeman, and uh, preferred pronouns are they or he. Either one works. Awesome. Thank you, Beams. I really like that. <laughs> have you have people in your, um, whether that was college or your adult life, have people called you that, or is that something that you're pushing? Um, so yeah, pretty much even as a kid, almost everyone calls me Beeman, um, you know, like sports and stuff. People call you by your last name, which I love my last name because it literally spells be a man. <laughs> oh my gosh. You're, you're right. Holy shit. Yeah. Isn't that awesome? That's amazing. Um, so then, uh, yeah. Um, beam started in college. People called me high beams, like the car like lights that turn on but also I used to smoke a lot of weed uh, <laughs> so it works both ways um and then beans just kind of stuck too so I that people typically call me that anyways but you know I'm kind of trying to make it more like hey let's use this instead I'm here for it I think I'm actually going to change your contact in my phone now either to like b period a period man period or b yeah. I'm unsure but Perfect. both are awesome um can, but yeah so We've been talking for like a few weeks now, um, and I'm super excited that you're here because you're like right where I was last year at this time. Oh, crazy. Obviously, I had different intentions of starting low-dose testosterone. Is it it okay that I just said that? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Totally. Um, But yeah, so I started, I want to say probably at the same dose as you. I took around like 12 uh, milligrams with the gel every okay. day, I think. Um, but yeah, so it was like right at the start where I had to like introduce my pronouns and like really push for my pronouns. And I, you're further than I was with like any calling a name. I was like, I don't care what people call me. Like, um, I would actually go to coffee shops and just try different names on and be like, uh, that one felt awful. Like, <laughs> hate it. <laughs> Add that to the garbage fire. Um, <laughs> But super cool. So if could you just introduce a little bit about yourself, um, whether that's what you do for work or your family or whatever you feel comfortable sharing? Sure. And um, just like a small caveat. And yeah, I'm not like the most linear thinker. <laughs> no, me neither. <laughs> so I'll try to stay on course, but um, it's something that I might need guidance with. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I so the funny thing is about transitioning is the pronouns and the name are one of the most intimidating things for me. Um, And it's because it requires me to ask somebody else to do something. Um, And it's like historical for me that I really struggle um, to do that. (laughs) Um, Seriously, it's hard. Yeah, yeah. So that one's probably the most intimidating. And like, picking a first name is like, oh my God, it like gives me heart palpitations. So yes, yes. I'm just sticking with the last name for now. And it's totally cool. Cause I, I love it anyways. Um, so that's just a one caveat, but yeah. Um, so, um, I think I'm 34. I always forget my age, but somewhere <laughs> around there is time real though, or we shouldn't actually go into that conversation. Cause we'll go down a dark hole, but yeah. <laughs> age is so yeah. Freaks me out. 34. Okay. Yes. 34. Uh, yeah. Oh my God. Time's so crazy. And I'm, I'm terrible with and at time. Like I don't understand it. Yeah. I don't like follow the rules of it. I really struggle with it. Um, but yeah, I have two gorgeous, wonderful, amazing children, Harvey and Willa. Um, Harvey is 
five and my wife carried him and Willa is three and I carried her and they're kind of like, you know, the bedrock of my existence. Um, They're amazing. And so happy fifth. Was it your fifth wedding anniversary today? Yeah, um, I believe or it was six. Six? I can't remember. Yeah. I saw something on my Instagram feed and was just floored. The the you know, it's social media is weird like that. Where I feel like I remember seeing those pictures the day it happened and being yeah. like, you know, because even a, even five or so years ago, and we grew up in the same town, but like it was more shocking to see same sex couples even sure. then especially marriage so I remember that like really sticking out for me and obviously based on the way people express themselves with haircut you can make like judgments but until I see like someone with another person I, I try really hard at least not to be like oh they're for sure queer but I remember seeing that and just being thrilled and now like six years have passed so congratulations oh thanks yeah and like visibility wow it's so it's so life-giving and important and scary, um, you know, um, because I'm going through that right now, but um, it's really, really helpful. Like for you just living your truth and doing your thing mm. and being open about it on social media has like so inspired me. So like, so happy to hear that. And that's yeah. like, because I live, I'm trying so hard. And we talked about, we had the same field hockey coach, but like, obviously we graduated in different years and never played together, but I always just try to live by like be that person you wish you had when you were younger. And whenever I feel like queer, the more queer people who are out and have families, the better I feel about it because I know that it's Harvey and Willa, right? Mm Yep. They're both gonna have such a better understanding of not only themselves, but of the world because they're being raised in a way that is, you know, different than what society's is portrays to them or maybe by the time they are old enough to understand it we've made enough progress but you know even when we read books or, or textbooks for school I remember it everything was just so heteronormative like yeah you uh, if they're dating someone you know it's a cis person and white probably like dating someone else mm-hmm. so but yes. yeah congratulations yes. thank you and how old thank how you, old man. are they both so Harvey is five, um, and Willa is three and about to turn four in a couple months. Such fun ages. So fun. Um, <laughs> Willa is like so much sass. Um, her sass cannot be contained. So Good. It's a, she is like the biggest koala love bug puddle uh, bear and like will also like read you to sh- like read you to pieces. So <laughs> we're just seriously riding the wave riding the wave (laughs) strong female yes yes um and And it's so funny you carried harvey though right i carried willa actually okay Um, she's a little redhead um which is great because i have i'm you know i have red hair it's like another like weirdly important part of my identity just because it's so rare um and there's stigma around it yeah oh absolutely and um, I, none of my immediate family, like my brothers and my dad and my mom, they have all, they all have dark brown hair. So like, it's always made me feel like a little bit of an oddball. Um, yeah. So I'm so happy to have another little like redhead in the family. Uh, welcome to redhead. Yeah. So cute. How was, um, and could I ask you a personal question? Sure. Again, if any of the questions I ask are uncomfortable, you can just like pass. Um, how did it feel carrying Willa and did you ever take photos of yourself carrying so okay I have to just move a bag of Doritos which is so <laughs> embarrassing that my cat was gonna knock off this ottoman that I'm sitting on okay sorry don't don't be <laughs> it was like teetering on the edge and I couldn't focus um but yeah it was oh traumatic yeah. um it was okay so I just read something on Instagram like I follow all these gorgeous non-binary and trans mm-hmm. folks it's been mm-hmm. I actually was off social media for a, for a long time, like maybe three years or so, um, at least two. That's a super long time. I yeah. thought you were going to say like a couple of months. No, I was off for a couple of years and in a lot of ways it was truly glorious. Um, but when I had this sort of realization, which occurred, it's not, it's not like a new realization, but like an owning of this realization mm-hmm that I'm like, oh shit, I'm like somewhere on the gender non-conforming spectrum. Um, I um, got back on because I kind of needed visibility and I needed like to see that. Um, But this 
gorgeous trans guy I follow was saying like something about like it's such a common phenomenon like you know being really feminine right before you transition like this extinction burst uh which is like an ABA term which I teach autism but like an extinction burst of femininity and I was definitely in that space um and also I was working at an I I live in the Philadelphia area um I lived in Philly at the time Mm -hmm. and Philly is such a it's such a just unique place. Right. Um, I, it's a great city. You got to come when I, I've never been. And I'm actually I'm, I'm adding it to my list because there's a few cities that I'm like, I, I have to get to when it's, when I'm able to travel. I have to get to Philly. It's a really fun city. It's got a great um, trans community and gender nonconforming community. Yeah. Um, and it's also this like trippy here. Like, you know, you have like the most liberal one, like our mayor is like, the most liberal person on the planet like he's one of the super like trump like banned us from all these things because he was like <laughs> unwilling to like he was protecting immigrants and stuff but god forbid um yeah right oh god it's a whole nother topic <laughs> but he um so you have that but you also will have pockets that are literally nazis like proud nazis yeah um, and I taught in an area like right outside of the city that was one of those proud Nazi areas. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I like kind of went back in the closet and it was just a really hard off full time. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I had really fun coworkers, it just was bad. So I was like wearing, having my hair long, which hadn't happened since like 2006 or seven and like just wearing women's clothes, which is pretty rare for me. Yep. And like, just in the space. And then I, I don't regret it for a second getting pregnant, like not for one second, mm-hmm. but I think it had to do a little bit with like biology, um, you know, which I hate to say, but is like my body suddenly is like, I need a child. <laughs> like, yeah. I want to, I want to have one. And we had, had the um, means to do so not, fi- not financially. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's clarify. Yeah. Um, getting pregnant. If you are not like, it's hard is like, a same-sex couple yes like and that is I don't I really don't think it's talked about enough no I think like you know what I mean I I, well I think it's just because people are uncomfortable talking about money but um, yes yeah well we so like Laura's she's a BCBA so she's essentially like a teacher and I'm a teacher and you know we're not like rolling in the dough Um, right like we're we're so like privileged like lucky but not like not like not adopting a a kid privileged that's a teacher, such a teacher thing to say, right? Like, you, we're ma- you're still making like not enough money for what you're working, but like still can see like all the privileges you have. Yes, yeah, which is I hope I always stay in that space. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we used a known donor, um, uh, this wonderful, amazing guy, and um, we didn't want to use a sperm bank a because we can't afford it yeah and especially then and and if you think you don't have enough money to have kids you always make it work um and b because um we uh a lot of sperm banks don't allow gay men to donate still which is so antiquated oh my you know i wasn't aware of that until this year really until i started having more friends who identified as queer guys like i never had gay friend like I had a lot of friends who are lesbians or identify lesbians but not a lot of gay men and I just like and I feel kind of ashamed to know this but like this year when all of this just shit was really hitting the fan with our country it was when I like dug deep and looked at how much like how much discrimination like sperm donors have and even just blood donations yeah yes another one I just don't get it I really don't crazy it's so antiquated yeah um so we we didn't want to support that and the ones that did allow gay men were like even more pricey it seems so also i'm like a huge true crime person um oh right on yeah like i'm not really... at all but my roommates in college were and i would just like sit on the other, in the other room being like i feel like we've seen this episode now five yeah. times and i still don't get it like oh 100 percent. um you know i never used to be uh, and I, I don't know, it just like happened. Um, and it's like something Laura and I can really bond over. Um, like yeah. we just started getting kind of into it. Um, and oh my God, it became an obsession for a while. But when I was getting, when I was deciding I wanted to carry, um, it was during that time. And um, I, um, I didn't want like somebody on paper because like, I find that oftentimes people who are good on paper, like, like could be psychopaths or like sociopaths. For sure. For sure. 
And so yeah. I was like, who, you know, you never know. And like, sometimes people who are good on paper, like what drives people to be like, what society says is Correct. uber successful are like it's crazy. Yes. So, <laughs> yes. Um, and have some demons. So um, I wanted to know the person and we, um, John is gay and yeah. we rock climb. We then we don't get to now, um, but we rock climb together. Um, I have traveled together and he's just like an amazingly kind, generous person. So we were like, okay, it's, you know, well, we, at the time I almost exclusively hung out with gay men. It's, it's like a weird situation, but um, so we asked, we kind of, people knew we were looking and everybody wanted to like give us their sperm and there's all <laughs> these like gorgeous gay men. Um, but I'm such a hard life. Let me just, right? it's like speed dating. Let me just scroll through all these like topless gay men. Look at the right? pecs on him. He can, yeah, for sure. I can picture it. And it was so like, actually that's like crazy amount of privilege in our story. Just wait. It gets like even more like I can't wait. lucky, but um, yeah. So he like a lot of the guys were like yeah and we can co-parent and we were like each well I, now i'm like damn we should have chose them but yeah yeah <laughs> little do we know this pandemic it's so hard um i can't yeah i can't imagine but um then but then you know laura especially was like no that's not what i want so um john was like i would love to give you sperm and i really besides being like somebody who comes to see you guys and visit like don't want anything to do with raising this child and we were like, that is perfect. Um, mm. So he also, so he also gave us the sperm for uh, Laura as well. And um, we both got pregnant on the first try. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Now that might, out of this whole story, that might be the most remarkable. Isn't that insane? It's insane. So you know? that yeah. was like, we like, oh my God, it was just like, I'm so grateful for that forever and ever. Cause we have seen both straight, actually more straight couples than gay, like mm -hmm. really struggle with getting pregnant yeah. and it's, it's brutal. Yeah. And, and, and not just getting pregnant, but carrying full term. Like, yes, it's really hard. Um, so I, this is like, I feel like we just have so many things in common. I just want to also say my undergrad is in special ed and that's what I, I taught for my first three years and oh, then cool. I, yeah, I switched over to, um, health education and taught that for three years. And I, when I was teaching reproductive health and like safe sexual intercourse, I had a lot of freedom. So I feel privileged in the school district I had, but like, I would try to communicate to my students who were in eighth grade. Like it is not like the mean girls scene. Like you will not get, you will not have sex, get pregnant and die. Like you probably, <laughs> will be very unsuccessful. Like, and I would talk to them and like some of my coworkers when I was telling them this was like, so you're promoting sex, like, and like non-marital sex. And I was like, no, but they like also guess, like yeah, if they're going to have yeah. sex, if they're going to have sex, yes, I'm going to show them what condoms are and like lube and like explain things and also not put false dreams in their head about like, you're going to have sex once ejaculation happens and you're gonna have a family like that is like that it doesn't work like that no uh, definitely not you know? and it's like I feel like so another obsession Laura and I had was uh is the show Handmaid's Tale um, I've never seen that one. Oh my god it's so disturbing it's I've never seen anything more disturbing on tv but it's also beautiful yeah um and it's all about like this dystopian future where like basically women are slaves um, mm -hmm. to these like crazy right wing, like psychotically religious like dudes. And they have like wives and they're horribly treated, but the wives treat the handmaids worse. And the handmaids are there just to literally pop out babies. And there's only like a few people, like there's only like, you know, like so many handmaids because everyone else is infertile. And if you're yeah. infertile, you just do like slave labor. Um, and what they find is like most, a lot of times it's like the men who have issues, but in general, I'm just like, geez, it, like from my friends, like my little like friends group. And I have friends all over like gay men, cis people, mm -hmm. lesbians, queer people, you know, trans people, like all the whole gamut. And like just as much with my um, cis straight friends, like they, they struggle to get pregnant. And I'm like, geez, it's like becoming yeah. handmaid's tale. Yeah, I know we're like living it. Yeah, I have. Um, so when you were talking about that, and it, it it sounds like you yourself are like a strong like. You may, do you use the term feminist to ever describe yourself? Oh hell yeah! Yeah, for sure, right? So I'm wondering 
because so I'm 27 and I started hormone treatment when I was 26 and you know we've both seen like child pictures of us and it seems like we both grew up wearing like that stereotypical tomboy like war boys clothes yep but I always felt such a strong um connection to women and like think that women are I like I honestly think women are superior I think they're beautiful I think everything about a woman is so special Mm -hmm. so I almost felt this and I think you use the term like shame and guilt like I it took me so long to be like I can still be a feminist and be a man like they don't have to separate but it took me so long to be like because I felt honestly like I was betraying my womanhood like I so badly want to stand beside women and yet here I am transitioning to yes oh absolutely I'm sorry Yes, Have you felt and that I lost at all? you for like just one second because somebody was calling me. Yeah. Um, what, well, what most part? I think I got the yeah. gist. Like, you know, transitioning, yeah. being this conundrum of like, re- like you know, for me, I like worship women. I agree. Like, women are like smarter sure. and more superior, and like, just like women need to run the world like full tilt. And I a hundred percent agree. And then having this confusion around the fact of like, but like, wait. I'm a man and I want to be a man and like yeah. having this thing yeah. of like knowing like realizing like oh wait duh like I can totally be a feminist mm-hmm. and be a man um, and we need more of that in the world um, but I have this thought too so I go I have so many things I could literally spend the whole time on this but um, so um, what am I eight days on tea um, I'm on a super mm-hmm. low dose um, not like not yes. micro dosing low but like yeah. you know low and I'm definitely still like the first week I was just like feeling so good and like it feels like an antidepressant mm-hmm. like which I have plenty yes. of experience with a lot of that <laughs> oh, um, like yeah. <laughs> I just felt more focused and calmer and my wife was like wow you seem like just calmer and like and like I have more yeah. energy but it's not like manic energy um yeah. and like I sort of around a week I'm starting to question everything again and I'm just like taking everything. I'm so I'm sober. I'm in recovery. So I'm like, this is like an like mm-hmm. a saying or slogan, but like one day at a time. Um, because yeah. like I know that this feels like my body has needed this. It's like, oh, this is what I needed. Um, and I also feel um like that conundrum of like, but wait, I like, do I really want to bring another like white man into this world? And like, I worship women. (laughs) And there's another thing of like, I'll see people on Instagram transitioning and they're so actualized and there's, you can just see how much more comfortable they are in their skin, but like I'm more attracted to women. So like, I'll sort of sometimes see like, and I also like love me a good soft butch so much. And like, I'll see these like (laughs) gorgeous soft butches, like right before they transition and then them transitioning and I'm more attracted to them as a soft butch, even though I can see they look more, yeah. more actualized as a, as a trans yep. man or person or nine non-binary person. Yep. So I'm navigating that for myself. Um, and just sort of like just taking it one day at a time. Cause that's something that's causing a lot of confusion for myself. Yeah. Oh man. I'm like, I was there for a really, like a really long time. And I've, you know, I've, seeing the same the therapist I see now for like two years and she is queer herself like and she actually without knowing it like I wasn't out to her when I started um but she actually has like quite a few trans clients which seems weird to me living in Maine I'm like okay (laughs) like they're all trans people come and find you because I feel like there's none here (laughs) that does happen Um, though like we do travel in packs and like find the same supports for sure (laughs) I think yeah I think so and you know she really helped me like break the difference between like okay you you know we could be still become men and like be really good role models to cis white men too but the the like what I have experience with is like I'm shifting like my Instagram presence a little bit like to just make it more of like an educational platform which I really enjoy doing but there's a lot of male fragility like I'll post something like empowering for females which like maybe I just need a disclaimer and like my Instagram being like trans man, like 
super feminist like if this bothers you probably like mm, like tread lightly but like i'll get dms being like really strong pushback from cis men and i'm just like wow you know and that's like it's also frightening because i think we talked about this over text but i don't want to like i want to pass so badly as a man and i do but i also don't i still want to be visible by the queer people like i don't want to walk by and then being like oh there's like a white privileged dude who doesn't understand what um it's like to ever be like marginalized or or never have the road paved for him or absolutely whatever I'm just like no I couldn't agree more like all of those things sort of have been cyclically bouncing around in my head and the visibility thing is like something I really am grappling with um and yeah and like so I only hang out honestly so we had a little pod um for this not not the first when we were in red Mm -hmm. um our area was pretty bad philadelphia is pretty bad and it's really really bad now um yeah but uh is it worse now than it was it's so scary full disclosure have covid um which is hilarious because i am like the most we're so rigid like we were in a pod and we when it got the second it started getting bad we you know exited ourselves from the pod um we wear masks everywhere we do not see a single person besides my therapist, which is masked indoors whatsoever. But um, we only see people outside masks. So I'm like, where the heck did I get this? But yeah, it is totally frightening. frightening. Um, And we get Instacart. Like we don't even go into stores almost ever. Um, Yeah. So I probably got it at work where I teach. Um, It's pretty bad where I am, uh, where I teach. But yeah. So um, the white fragility, I only, honestly, I really only like talk. I have um, two good friend not like yeah good like my two of my good friends they have husbands <laughs> the cis husbands <laughs> and those are like the two cis men yeah. in my life um and they're incredibly generous um and you know yeah. we don't get into stuff like this so it's like not you know it's sort of I wouldn't know like I don't I'm really like not around cis men right, at right. all um <laughs> so yeah it's it's interesting you say that but like I don't want to ever like I don't know, like, I'll do this thing where I'm like, oh, I'm not Hulk Hogan or Sylvester Stallone. Therefore, I must not be trans. Like, these really rigid black and white thinking, like, I don't know. It's kind of a mindfuck, like, every day, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, I I am there. And that's why I'm like, I will always identify oh, for as sure. queer. Where, and then I, 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 you know, I get stuck in that because, like, I date women. So I'm like, I'm technically, like, straight man but like queer so it's just bizarre and then if I think about it too much I get you know great crippling anxiety so I yes. just move along I know all about um, that crippling it's, anxiety. but it's yeah <laughs> it just makes you like just question too much but it goes back to like that feeling because I had like my I remember my whole body like again I was on a very low dose of gel and that first time I put it on like my whole yeah. body just felt warm I don't know if it was a placebo I don't know if it was real, but like, I just, it felt warm. And now I take a shot every week and that obviously, you know, I do feel the warmth going over my whole body, but it's like, it's like, I can breathe like all week. I just wait until Thursday morning and then I get it. And it's like, yeah, everything's no, fine. I hear you. But it's, it's, yeah, it's um the moments in between when you like, you know, see things online and visibility that's validating and that, but then you're in public and you're like, Obviously, we all feel like we're under a microscope. I think that most humans think people are looking at them a lot more than they are. So I'm always just like questioning everything. And it's funny because I I talked to my girlfriend about this because (laughs) I think a lot of people when they see me, yes, they think I'm a man. But I I think more often than not, people assume I'm a gay man. And so it's kind of it's like. You know, and I never am offended by that. For me, that's a huge compliment. Um, but I've gotten the only two, like, phone numbers or people who have hit on me since coming out have uh-huh. been gay men. And it's been at a coffee shop, like, with their numbers written on a cup. And I'm like, this is, like, really, like, I feel so appreciated and, like, not offended at all. And in that same breath, like, does ever do I really come across as, like, Obviously, I'm still holding on to something very feminine or the way I carry myself or dress is still 
feminine enough for society to assume and no I so I I so have seen this because um one of my besties he has been such an amazing support right now um and he and I I I understand the straight thing and I still think like well I only have trans men in my life who identify as queer um all of them happen to date or are married to women so um and that Mm -hmm. like seems like to me of course unless you like that's your thing you want to just be like cis man and separate yourself from the or not cis man but like trans Mm -hmm. man who separates themselves from the community i've never seen that i've only seen um trans men who are super active in the community and um you know queer and my my best friend he um like so we we used to go to gay aa together um and that's how i had Mm -hmm. all these gay men uh around me forever like for like also that no, and I, sure. I'm sorry to like interrupt you, but that is so awesome that there is AA specific to yes, like it's, gay people. It's the only reason I'm still sober. Um, I was gonna say because I know um, a lot of people who have used substances and they're in AA, but with like straight people. But they were that was the biggest intimidating oh, absolutely. factor for them. Was not only being in AA, but also maybe being the yeah, only gay and person. it can be a little bit like again, like mind fucky with the AA because the meetings I go to, which aren't exclusively gay anymore, but I only go to two a week because who has the time, but mm-hmm. um, where I used to go like pretty yeah. much every day, but um, I go to one gay, it's like specifically LGBTQIA. And then I go to one that's not, mm-hmm. it's technically straight, but a ton of us gay folk go to it. Um, and that one's also excellent, but the, the rooms, so AA can be really heavy on like God stuff. Correct. And That's if, what I like, see. you know, like for us queers, like we associate, some of us, a lot of us associate, I do, a God, like not anymore. I have a different mm-hmm. understanding, um, but still that word can cause me discomfort. Like I associate it with homophobes who like tell me at mm-hmm. pride parades, like with a screaming red, angry face that we're like yes. going to burn in hell yes. and stuff. So, um, and the only like outwardly yes. like, outward homophobia I've dealt with from people I know not like just people walking by um is from people who are super Christian um and absolutely probably like major dykes too like let's be real (laughs) let's be seriously I that's um, the majority of people who are that homophobic in my opinion are so positive that that it's just it's really just jealousy like and I hate like I shouldn't just say it's really that simple because there's obviously other things, but I truly genuinely believe that that is such oh, a big absolutely. part of it. Um, so that can be the God stuff can be very intimidating. If you go to one of those like straight meetings, that's like, you know, like Jesus is like, Jesus is my higher power. Like it can be like, mm-hmm. Whoa, 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 where did I, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. Um, and the yeah. queer ones and like sort of the meetings I go to are very like, higher power can mean like the stairs you're walking on. Cause you didn't build them. Like it can mean just like the people who inspire you that day, like their message. Like it does not mean need to be like Jesus Christ or yeah. anything like that. Um, so yeah, so that yeah. Can be and so uh, Philadelphia is like an amazing place to get sober because there's literally a meeting at any hour in the day, any day of the week. So um, it's just like, we're really lucky that way. Um, and like, there's like one every two blocks. So um, there's like a lot of, you know, a lot of different varieties for a lot of different folks, but there's like a huge um, mm. gay community of AA sober people who like just thrive on helping each other. And um, like I got sober in like almost exclusively like gay male rooms. And um, I have like since sort of now I go to kind of like more like trans and like lesbian meetings. Um, but yeah, it's yeah. so that's why. That and rock climbing is why I had, like, I was, like, surrounded by gay men who wanted to give us sperm when we were deciding to start uh, a family. I love, yeah. I love that for you. I'm, like, I'm just so happy that you have, you're in a city that yes, also has I all that. I feel very fortunate. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm not going to be in Maine forever. I needed to up to this point in my life to figure out sure. a lot of things. Um, but, you know. I can always say like my lease is up in June. I think my 2021 is going to be a big exploration year and I'm, I'm stoked about that. I just feel like Portland, Maine is, is awesome. I don't know if you do, is your family still at so, any of them? No, still in Maine? my whole, okay. First of all, Maine is gorgeous. And like, I literally contemplate moving yeah. back a lot. Um, 
Yeah. And I'm we moved just to the suburbs, like right outside of this like gorgeous area in the city called Chestnut Hill. And um it's super cute. It's very quaint, like York and it's right. It's like I'm literally two minutes from Philadelphia, so it's kind of best of both worlds. But there are major can you still hear me? Yeah. Okay. There are like major concerns with like <laughs> already being like a sort of like male presenting lesbian is tough, but <laughs> You know, coming out as trans is going to be a little yeah. um, overwhelming, um, especially since we go to like like a couple blocks from our house is like the neighborhood pool, um, and like it will be obvious, you know, right <laughs> at some point. Well, and I like um, that, and you said that earlier too. It's like I do think that environments and even like towns play such a huge role in it. Like I knew I liked women in high school. But I wasn't willing to come out in New York. Um, and so I did like literally as soon as I got to college and I started dating a woman in October of my freshman year. But um, even if I lived in another town, even in Maine, than I do Portland, I don't know if I would have been able to necessarily come out as, as trans at this point in my oh, life. Absolutely. Like it environments are huge. And the fact that, you uh-huh. know, where you were at the time, like you felt like you had this like super uh, like more female exterior because it, it like puts you back there and it's like oh I need to fit in here because you're invited safety it's like your shelter yep. yep yeah absolutely and I um so Portland is like the cutest little friggin city it, it's, I it's love wonderful. Portland Maine like I absolutely adore Portland and like if if we were to move back it would be awesome to kind of like get to that area yeah. for sure oh man it's yeah it's super rad um also another question when we're on the um AA topic, it comes to mind because last week I was, so now I work for a nonprofit here in Portland and it's, I work with young people all around Cumberland County. So that's like the greater Portland area. And I, I give leadership roles in our community to like empower um, their voices, specifically folks who undergo trauma and a lot of refugee uh, young people. But I was, we were looking at data for substance use, specifically opioids. um, Mm. And how it correlates in the number of percentages of, of young users who are either people of color, whether that's indigenous, um, black people, et cetera. Um, and also folks in the LGBTQIA community. And it's like things we know, but it took me literally, like I had asked the meeting, I was like, can we hold on a second? Because I also have this data that shows like suicide attempts. And I, mm-hmm. you know, I think so profoundly that they aren't that separate like I really don't like if we're gonna say that more you know queer people I'm just gonna specifically say trans because that's what we both identify as if, mm-hmm. if more trans people are using substances and more trans people are committing suicide like obviously our society like we need more resources like yeah you know oh, absolutely. it's um but it, it's staggering I never um got into you know I've, I've I've drank and I've smoked um weed I've never had an issue and I think that's mo- um in terms of addiction I think for me it was just like I was just always so numb like in my early 20s specifically that I was like I don't even know if I want to feel something and I don't know if like I say that and I don't know how much sense that makes but it was like you know I don't really I just I'm here for just a really mundane life. And then um, it it actually took me, I, we don't, we shouldn't make the talk about this, but like I had like a little moment of like, I'll just call it like spirituality. I don't, I don't want to mm-hmm. get into it. And then as soon as I came trans again, like now I'm like diving deeper into it. Where like if before if people were to say like God or a higher power, I'd be so triggered. But now I like, oh, I'm, I'm really trying to lean into it. Um, so for sure. But yeah, um, so the the opioid and the um, thank God I never got into that. I I like drugs that make you up. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. and like to stay at clubs till like four a.m. But um, <laughs> and oh my God, the guilt, the Philadelphia clubs the, here close cl- at one a.m. Beams. So so <laughs> well, that would be good for me now. Um, <laughs> I haven't stepped foot in a gay bar in like ages, but yeah. that the gay bar scene was like vital to me at the time that I was coming out, even though it kind of ended up being my sort of just like my downfall, yeah. my destruction. Um, but yeah, so there, there, most of them closed too, except for this one that was called Voyeur then. 
uh, or no, it was called Pure then, but um, that one stayed up after hours, and oh my god, it was crazy. <laughs> but <laughs> um, so I didn't get down with like the opioids, thank God. Yeah. But yeah, the substance abuse and suicidal attempts, and yeah. you know, the ideation, and also like just like people who actually do commit suicide is. I think I've read a statistic. It's like forty percent higher in trans folks, yeah. and it's like. 30% higher um, in like, you know, the LGB yeah. folks. So um, yeah, it's just like a real thing. And, you know, I, so it's a weird conundrum. And first of all, that's a freak, that's an awesome job. Like that's fantastic. So yeah. And it's interesting. Cause I teach in an extraordinarily privileged, like probably, one of the wealthiest towns in the nation. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I wouldn't have thought that with being. Yeah. So I used to teach in Philly and in like possibly the worst school in the country. Um, it was, I mean, um, it's shut down now, but it was, it was eye opening. Yeah. Um, and it was just crazy. Um, and then that school shut down and then I was in a small, pretty nice school in Philly, but it's still just like, just a, different existence than York, Maine. Um, and then I went to this place, Chichester, which is in um, Delco, which is like a historically very Republican, very like kind of white supremacy, not all of Delco, but that area. So yeah. Delco. Yeah. Um, and then um, migrated to this district, which is super trans inclusive. Um, I would definitely be the first openly trans teacher However, there's tons of openly trans kids. There's all gender bathrooms. Um, like there's there like like bullying against trans folks and queer folks is like taken and, and people of color is taken yeah. extremely seriously. Um, it's predominantly Jewish school, actually. Um, but uh, school district, I would I would say probably like, I would say at least half of the kids are Jewish, um, if not more. Yeah. But um, it's becoming more diverse um, in terms of so socioeconomic level and. Um, with people of color. So I do feel very fortunate. However, I was able to be a little bit more of like a beacon of light in Philly and in, because the, the places in Philly I was teaching were not like queer friendly. Like, <laughs> in fact, it was the exact opposite. Exactly. It was so bad. So like I had a kid who was literally select mute because he dealt with such severe abuse and beatings because he was mm. gay and very like obviously gay. And like, I was able to like, you know, just like be there for him and yeah. listen. And he was so comfortable. And like, I don't, there's still that in where I am. Like, it's still terrifying wherever you are, but like, I don't get to be that like much of a lifeline where I am now right. um, opposed to where I was. So there is some like sadness there, but I am also really appreciative. Like, I don't think coming out where I teach would be like that big a deal at all. For, um, and that's, that's huge. Right. Because like I, and I try to think, a lot about like again I like empowering and raising voices of trans people and in the same breath like it's not our job to change society like we can use our voices to then educate and instill this information into cis and and, and straight folks but that like they need to be the ones to make environments feel safe for us like uh, at, at the middle school I was at, I loved my two principals. They both were queer queer in their own way. Um, one was bisexual and the other was married to a woman. She was also female. So two powerhouse like admins. And I was so proud to be there. And I had a couple students. So I taught six, seven, eight. I had a couple who were starting like hormone blockers and a couple who were trying different names. But for me, it wasn't even the kids. It was the way that other educators would handle like a student wanting to even try different pronouns or a student being like, I want to go by Mason this semester. Like it was shocking how hard it was for other educators just to call a student by the name that they wanted. So in my head, I was like, I'm going to come out after my school year's over because I know my admin would be fine with it. And I know my students and I still would have a great connection, but I don't, I don't feel safe with certain adults in this building. You know. For sure, and like, oh man, if we're in Philly and Chichester, the stuff I heard was like literally just just horrific. Um, but uh, in in where I am, I I actually because of what I do, I'm the only person in my school who does what I do. So mm -hmm. I really only like 
I talked to a few people, but not not a ton of um, other yeah. um, teachers, which is kind of good, That's a good in a point. way. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. I don't know what they. Say. You can just stay in your lane. Yes, and but I do think for the most part, people might not understand it and that's okay, but I don't think they would, I don't think they would like push against it. Um, and I think I would still be respected from the vast majority of my school. Yeah. Um, and you know, that's the kind of safe space that like, you know, it still needs to improve, but it's, that's what makes kids not want to commit suicide yes. and not just kids, adults. Um, yeah. and you know, I think that that, it's definitely, there's a, it's not like there is maybe there's like a significant correlation and like, you know, the, the substance abuse, man, like that's mm-hmm. such a real thing. And like, for me, um, like now, if I were to take a drink or a drug, it would basically be suicidal ideation. Like mm-hmm. there wouldn't be any, there's just no, like, there's just no bones about it. Like that's yeah. my truth. So, um, for me though, like, I'll tell you what my biggest, my coming out, like, thing that causes me like to wake up in terror in the middle of the night is coming out to my family yes and I am lucky like so I have I I have a gay brother he's mm-hmm. he's wonderful and he's also pretty transphobic and um which I find a lot in the gay male community yeah. and I think part of it is because like maybe a lot of gay men are a little bit more non-binary than they'd like to sort of <laughs> like accept mm-hmm. that's just like maybe me projecting i don't know but i yeah i've um i also find i find that too and i also find um the divide between gay men and lesbian identifying people like yes. i feel like there's a lot of even like discrimination and judgment within our queer community that it's baffling <laughs> oh it's it's intense but i've i've done some like well reading i i haven't come up with any of these thoughts but yeah you know it's like that same thing like the marginalized community like for it's we are we're always in survival mode so we like learn to like turn against each other and it's something you see in a lot like something I noticed in the black community in Philadelphia the first school I taught at was 97 nine I'm sorry 90 there was one other there's two white kids in the school it was <laughs> pretty big school yeah um and like this this thing of like very adamant big feelings about whether you are light-skinned or dark-skinned mm-hmm. and very simple like there's just awful things about both for that experience um because what a it, privilege that you could pass as a white person correct yeah. um but then you know not being black enough to fit in the black community mm-hmm. and it's very similar it's the same kind of thing and That's such a good um comparison and so it's just kind of like society has like sort of shown us that like we always have to be in like high alert. And so we mm-hmm. kind of turn against each other. Um, but yeah, so my family, cause I, my, my dad is like more liberal than I am. I think <laughs> like, he <laughs> is like, when I buzz my head, I like got really drunk and like buzz my head in college. And is that I, how you cut your hair? Yeah. Yeah. My that's, friends, my two I want to say that's friends. amazing, but like, I shouldn't because you were drunk and now you're in recovery, but like, that's a, that's a dope story. Oh my God. Yeah. I actually had some really fun times before it got dark. So, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. but that was like a little traumatic only cause I was like, Oh shit. Now I have to come out, which in hindsight I didn't, but I like looked so like I was serving like straight up boy realness. Um, mm. so, but it was, so I came out and my mom was like, you know, and again, I have very liberal parents. Like my, this is like liberal station. It's like far left. It's called air America and it, it doesn't air anymore. But like, I grew up listening to that. Um, right on. So it wasn't like I had to come out to like two terrifying conservative people. Um, but uh, my mom, it was still so hard for her. And like, mm-hmm. she was basically like, it was like a rough, rocky couple of years. And now it's like, it never existed. But she basically was like, you can't ever be trans. Like, that's just too much for me. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think she said that because she knows I'm trans. Cause she like, yeah. Even though her and I, oof, we push each other's buttons, mm-hmm. she knows me really well. And, like, she saw me growing up. And, like, that was, like, her defense mechanism being, like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Like, obviously, something made her feel inclined to say that. That's Correct. not just, like, something that gets pulled out of No. <laughs> most people don't come out, and that's what their parents say. So, right. um, that was, it's, like, a little affirming and a little, like, terrifying. Yeah. And it just, like, rocked our world, family's world when I came out. And, like, I kind of asked for people to, like, adhere to certain boundaries. And yeah. my 
dad and I were incredibly close and he would come down to Philadelphia because they came to like see all my games but like to buzz my head and be like so excited about it like he's yeah. he's like literally a saint Ugh. um and he had a stroke this year so it's been he's okay he's, okay he's doing cool. amazing actually he's good, good, good. it's like it was a great stroke to have in terms, yeah um if you have to have one yes correct but um even him I'm like worried it would be a lot for him and like mm-hmm. mostly I'm worried my mother would like torture him with like yeah. constantly upset like just obsessing about it and um he just retired and like I just want the man to relax yeah. <laughs> and yeah. um so and that thing of like I know she's going to take it as a personal assault like she is going to think I did this to like upset her and like it's I'm just working through that because it's like obviously not at all the case like I have done everything in my life to like please her Mm -hmm. um and you know it's just like not the way I want to live anymore so like I have to live my truth but that is going to be upsetting to her I yes and that was and to go back to the very one of the very first things you said in this like podcast was about how um like asking people to call you by your name even I even so coming out to my family was by far the hardest thing. Like, and I still think about it and I like, it's still, I'm, I'm out and they use my name and, you know, over Christmas, both my parents call me their son. So like, I feel seen, I feel respected, but I still just overthink it all. And I grew up and still am, I'll say it like closer to my father. He was both the caretaker. He was just more nurturing and more emotional, um, but yeah, a big, I knew they'd be okay with it because they were, my father was really great when I came out as I identified as, as a lesbian. He sat down and asked me, um, but yeah, it's, I actually came out because I knew that I was a man, but I was still really riding that non-binary. Mm-hmm. So I, I wrote in the letter because I thought that it would be easier on them, which actually made it a lot worse. I came out in the letter as non-binary. I gave them a heads up saying like, these things are probably going to happen this year, including a name change and top surgery. Mm-hmm. But you can use they pronouns because I thought it'd be easier for them to not use he mm-hmm. or son. And then I quickly learned that it was actually a lot more challenging in the long run because they seemed confused. Like, oh, Kai just doesn't really know what he is or using they was oddly challenging for is is oddly challenging mm-hmm. for people. Um, but yes, and I don't know if it's because of, for me, at least I feel, um, guilty to placing any amount of discomfort on people I love. So it's like, I I don't, I don't want to make your lives harder. Like I want to, I, if anything, I just want to make your lives easier. And now I feel shameful and guilty and a little bit of self-hatred that Mm -hmm. I'm living my own truth. If it makes you embarrassed or uncomfortable, um, I like, don't even ask because I don't necessarily want to know. Like, I don't know what my, I know my sister would because she's younger and we have similar friend groups, but I don't know, like at the workplaces, my parents work at what they call me. Mm-hmm. I like, and I just don't really want to know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's like, a, it's for sure. Yes. A journey. And it's so interesting. I, I, my brain is fried because COVID not like having it, but like just right. the pandemic. Because um, a people I'm um, asymptomatic. Don't worry about me. I'm totally. I feel so grateful. I'm asymptomatic, mm-hmm. and my whole family is is negative. But um, yeah. So um, yeah. You hit on so many things, and I'll go kind of backwards. But the I think so. I am an overthinker, like to the eight thousandth <laughs> degree. Um, so I relate deeply to. Oh, that. beaming me too. <laughs> like, it's so bad. It's, I don't know how to stop it. It's oh my god. It's so and I think so fast like I have I have like a lot of thoughts just like per minute (laughs) um so that makes it worse but um and I'm on I'm sorry if I just overwhelmed no 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 I actually I it was like no no no, it's empowering it's deeply related kind of vibe um so that's the topic a um so then that makes all of this guilt and all of this shame and all of this like deep desire to not make people feel uncomfortable like a lot worse just because it's going mm-hmm. through my brain a lot <laughs> yeah a lot of times um and then so yeah and then the I feel like there's two parts of that that's like a genetic condition with me like that is just how I was born just like yes. I truly believe I was an alcoholic like being gay yep um triggered the very destructive drinking but I am yeah. genetically an alcoholic like 
it runs in my family very deeply. Yes. Um, but uh, so, yeah. So the not wanting to cause people discomfort, it's partly like just kind of how I am. It's partly very significantly how I was raised. And um, I deeply relate to my dad was the caretaker, so nurturing, just like really a wonderful parent in every way, shape and form. And I'm so lucky. You just need to have one. Um, and my yeah. mom tried, like she yes. tried so hard and from what she came from, she did a great job. It's just, there wasn't all the tools and there's just a lot of stuff to unpack there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so not wanting to cause them discomfort. And then I think, so part of it's like how I was born, part of it's like, you know, how I was conditioned. And then part of it is being conditioned as a female in general. Um, Correct. I believe that we are yes. told that's how we are supposed to be like we're not supposed to make waves we're not supposed to cause people discomfort um so we have like all of those things going against us when we decide to sort of take this journey yeah Um, oh my gosh that's so profound I haven't been able to point to that yet and I I literally like I so don't want to and I I okay so the last thing is I relate so deeply to like what they in the workplace call you and like at this point in the journey like, if they wanted to say I'm still a lesbian and just show pictures of the kids and not show pictures of me, like, at this point, I'm like, that's fine. Like, as long as, like, when, like, as long as this doesn't have to be a big-ass thing. Like, it's just, like, mm-hmm. not even a big thing. I'm still me. I'm just going right. to look like a dude and sound like a dude and yeah. feel I am. I've already been a dude. So I struggle still with the word man. But, um, so, <laughs> um. So yeah, all of those things compound to like how like just be such a lot going through my head. And I've literally thought I'm like and Laura's like, she doesn't give a fuck what people think of her. She's a Leo. Like she's just Hey, when's her birthday? Um, I'm a Leo. She's July thirty first. August second. So we're super yes, close. Yes. And I am so I have some Leo rising stuff for sure. Like very yeah. like um extroverted, very friendly, very um like don't mind attention yeah. kind of thing. But um Yeah. I am a cancer and I am such a cancer. Oh man, I don't know many cancers. <laughs> oh, this is great. I am such a cancer and my dad is too. So, and we have the same birthday. So we like vibe <laughs> super hard. So basically the same person. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, but so I'm like, oh, well, I'll just like, ne- like whenever we're around, cause they live in Florida now. So like I'll be in a bathing suit. So I'm like, I'll just mm-hmm. wear like a rash guard. Cause I sunburn <laughs> anyways. And I'm very flat chested. So like, it's yeah. not a massive difference, um, really at all. It, you know, and then I'm like, oh, and when I call them, I'll just use one of the things that like Macaulay Culkin uses in Home Alone, and I'll just make my voice higher. Yeah. Like, it's fine. Like, they never need to know, and then they'll just yeah. like die someday. And it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Like that's where I'm at right now. Like, yeah. I'll wake up in the middle of the night, and I'm like, yeah, I'll just do those things. <laughs> I'm so sorry that you're waking up with those thoughts. Um. I will say, though, like, to bring this back to, like, a really positive space, I just went home from the holidays, and I, like, I just, I get really bad anxiety about just going, spending time at home, which is so internalized, because my home is a very safe and accepting place, but I think it's just, like, having lived my life there, knowing my truth, but not acting on it, I, th- I don't know, I think it's just this weird energy thing, sure, um, but sure. I had a lot of anxiety, and then in it, it was, like, I've never felt more like seen or had like more confidence and like had better conversations with my parents as I did. And I think for the most part, obviously there's going to be, it's not, it doesn't sound like your parents will be this way. And there are some really terrible parenting techniques out there where it's shame, guilt, or even like trying to like con- weird conversion therapy. Um, but when they see the level of confidence that you have and like how much more self-love and appreciation you have, I feel like they love harder. Or at least that's at least what I'm, I feel. For sure. And, you know, and I hope that nothing, you know, I don't want anything less for you than to feel that way. And I think, I think you will. I think when it's going to be really hard and there's going to be a lot of moments of friction, like my dad and I had a big, it wasn't even, a, it wasn't an argument. It was just a really civil conversation about me being uncomfortable with, um, like my senior high school photos were still hung up all over the house. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like, we just had a conversation about like, you don't need to get rid of them, but maybe we can put them like not in the family room where everybody gathers. And sure. you know, obviously that, you know, a lot of conversations, a lot of compromise, but he ended up doing it. 
and um you know and and now hopefully we're gonna get another like family photo because the family's still the same i just look exactly like you said i look and i sound different but like my soul and my heart like the insides haven't changed right right i don't know that i'll have that experience my mom's a tough nut to crack um and Uh. she really struggled with the gay thing at first um I think it's something to do with like I'm her daughter. I don't know, whatever. But um, yeah. yeah, but I I definitely relate to the like cringing with like more feminine pictures of myself. And this is like a way circling back, um, like mm-hmm. eight seasons later, circling back. But I did take pictures of myself pregnant. Um, pregnancy was in. Oh yes, we did yes. bring that up. <laughs> I did, and like you know, I'm glad I had them. Well, maybe like two, I think. Um, and then pictures of me with the kids, mostly the picture is supposed to be of, of Harvey at that time. But, um, but, um, yeah, pregnancy was horrifically traumatic. That's, I think the feminine hormones just like, I had no, no nausea, nothing like easiest birth, like no complications in pregnancy, nothing like that. But I was insane and depressed and like, it just was really traumatic looking back on it and a hundred percent worth it because, I could not imagine this world without Willa. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it was. And I, when I see like pictures from that era, like a, like one of my dear, ugh, I have two amazing, I have a whole support network that is amazing and know I'm trans and like love it and cannot wait and are excited. But one of my besties who we like got sober together and like lived together for a while, she unknowingly posted a picture in our group friend thing of me and her son who's autistic and we have like a crazy strong bond like hugging and like cuddling with each other and my son was there too and we're all kind of cuddling up and I had long hair and it like made me like like cringe like that I just like it's really hard to see pictures of myself presenting feminine right now it's like jarring even though that was not the intent it was to show like Correct. Look how much my son and you love each other. <laughs> and and one thing I want to say about that is because I um I feel so strongly in that. And even when I see like pictures of trans people I know get posted by someone else, I immediately like feel the need to reach out to that trans person because for me, I'm comfortable sharing pictures of my previous life on my terms. Like, and I think that that confuses a lot of people and then makes other people feel entitled to share it. But it's like, no, no, no. Like, I get to decide that. Like, only I have the right to, for when and how to display that. But um, I was at a CrossFit gym and um, they had a really, they and they still do have a really talented photographer. And they're like, you know, it's branding. I get it. Like, we'll post on the Instagram, like, pictures. And at this point, I had come out as trans. Like, all the hard work of coming out had been done. And then all it took was, like, this one photo of me before transition you could see my breast and like obviously not like as in a sports bra but like you could see <laughs> that I had I had a chest um and I was just like immediate panic attack you yeah. know and I it didn't seem like a big deal to the people who run the business because it's like oh like we all know we all know that you're Kai this we just you know it was a nice picture of the summer but it's like we, you know, it, it, it's really can do a lot of damage. And my friend, so. Athena, I have two friends that have been the most amazing supports, Rachel and Athena, and then my friend, Jesse. But Athena, yeah. I like, I can't remember, but if I said anything, she would instantly be like, I completely get it. Oh my God, yes. didn't even think of right. that. She's like, they're the most, they're like supports that like, you didn't even know exist in the world. They're so amazingly supportive until you yeah. go through something and they're there for you. So and she just loves you, right? Mm-hmm. And wants to, like, remember all these great memories. So, like, totally. Sometimes it comes just from, like, appreciating someone so much and then not realizing, oh, I, I really messed up. And she didn't even mess up. It was, like, she, God, a saint. Like, I can't even express how much I love her. Like, if I at all said something, it would be instant, like, oh, my God, <laughs> duh, let me not ever do that again. Uh, I'm so happy that yes. you have her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, um, Beeman, I'm looking yes. at the time, and I know that it's now we're over. It. Um, <laughs> could I play the game of "We're Not Really for, uh, Strangers" with you, where I pick a card and then ask you your sure. answer? It's like a little like it's I don't know. It's for you to get to know friends and and relationships better. Um, but I'll give you obviously take sure. time. Um, all right. Question is: When was the last time that you surprised yourself? 
a nice self-reflection activity before your your meeting sure um oh boy okay well um positive or negative yeah, whatever no, direction sure. you want to so take actually i would say two things um i i got really obsessed with skateboarding it's and my son scooters my daughter scooters we all like scoot and skate together and i'm terrible <laughs> and i freaking love it and it's so good for me to be terrible at something Heck yeah. and yes, Humbling, right? and i like <laughs> dropped in it took like literally three weeks to work up the courage and like a whole team of people helping me but i dropped into like a ramp and like it so surprised me like i was so pumped hell yeah <laughs> so that beaming tony yeah. hawk i'm so into and then it. also like um just acknowledging this truth even if i freaking yeah. stuff it back down again like having this time where i'm public about it yes. and sharing and letting people in about it has been like incredibly surprising for me given my people pleasing yes. sort of tendencies <laughs> yeah well well when you say that, i'm i just want you to know i'm super proud of you and remember to like give yourself grace with it that it's okay to like shift and change throughout your journey like that is part of it and i get my tea from planned parenthood and every three months they ask like what changes are you still welcoming or what changes don't feel good for you and just like take it step by step and who you know it's all it's your body so listen to your body and and give yourself grace but it's i love hearing that more people are finding their truth and it just makes me really feel proud um of you and i'm just stoked that you're that you're in my circle i'm so happy and grateful that we connected kai like you're such a beacon of inspiration and like oh my god coming from my biggest (laughs) role model in high school